All right, this is going to be um, another necessary kind of uh, touchy podcast. We've had a lot of uh, a lot of those types of issues that have arisen within the Christian circle lately, but most notably, this kind of just focuses around um, this whole Beth Moore response and um, attitudes and different things like that. I kind of wanted to. Uh, this also plays into recently a bunch of evangelical leaders who were formerly known as somewhat doctrinally sound leaders have been fully endorsed a full-blown heretics book. Paula White. Paula White. Yeah. And I'm speaking of, and this is actually recently, we had somebody that took issue with my my issues with Franklin Graham. Yeah. And calling him out. Well, guess what? Franklin Graham is one of these evangelical leaders that has endorsed this book. And of Paula White, that is a full-blown heretic. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there is no excuse for any evangelical leader to align themselves with anything like that. Especially somebody that's in the spotlight. Somebody that's on Fox News. That's in the president's cabinet. This is, this is unexcusable. Absolutely 100% unexcusable. And if Mike Pence is as great as a Christian as everybody else says that he is, then he needs to be out speaking out for this stuff or bare minimum at least advising Trump on this stuff to say, hey, look, this is a bad look for you and the evangelicals. Mm -hmm. Because this is, I mean, and how he doesn't take much issue with Paula White either is an, is another thing that really um, just just kind of gets me, but... Really, the issue has come over is people, this is, a, and I want to treat this issue gently, but because this has caused a lot of division, which this is nothing, um, but people are dividing themselves. It's, I, I don't think that it's anything that even that I'm particularly doing. I think people are, are dividing themselves off of it. They just don't want to hear truth, and they just, they just scatter when they even hear the, the little you know, or they don't have all the tools to completely understand what's being said. So I do want to be gentle with this and say that I want to clear up one popular misconception that I've seen Christians have recently with their response to this. A lot of people were getting upset at John MacArthur for the way this is a separate situation now with the the Beth Moore and the John MacArthur thing. There's just a lot of things that have kind of happened. That's why to I just said there's a, public, yeah, there's yeah, all yeah, kind there's of coming all, together. They're kind of all coming together, right? Um, the a lot of this response to the John MacArthur, a lot of people were very upset at the way that he went about it um, by and by the forum that they used, the game that they were playing. They seemed that it it, it came across as disrespectful. Um, and it, it kind of begged the question and they keep bringing up these different references and scripture references of, you know, treating people with love, kindness, respect, which is true, which we, we absolutely should always do. But these, these verses are just very, very misunderstood. And I think part of, um, Part of rightly dividing the word of truth is is completely understanding what it is. And if we don't rightly divide scripture, we make a shipwreck of our faith. Yes. A complete shipwreck of it. Part what goes into that is understanding the Bible and understanding where what we're speaking about here. 
it's interesting because let's take the New Testament, for instance. We know that we have the Gospels. Okay, those are the good news, the story and the historical accounts and the teachings of Jesus. Okay, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know, we know that. We know that this is a historical account. This is to tell us a story, and we learn about Jesus from these, and we learn his teachings and things that he says. And then we have, we have it split up, too, where you have the epistles, which are letters. Okay, And even the epistles are divided in themselves because each letter had a purpose and a reason that it was written. Okay, when we have, this is a, but this is a different period of time that we're talking about. Yes, where Paul's teachings and the development of the church backs up that everything that Jesus taught, yes, but we're still talking about two different time periods here. We're talking about the gospels and then we're talking about the letters. So we're talking about the things that Christ taught and then the building and the development of the church and the body of Christ in the rest of the letters. And that's what we deal with. So in the building and the development of the church, we have instructions on how to handle many different issues that come across. Okay. One of that, one of that division is realizing what the pastoral letters are. The pastoral letters are letters to leaders, instructions for leaders, how to lead your flock, how to, the, the things required out of you, the explanation. You can read First and Second Timothy yourself, and, it, and you can understand that, that Paul, now an old man, is explaining all of this to a younger man, a younger pastor, and explaining to him how all this is going to work, and how all these things are going to unfold, and how to respond to all of these things, okay? knowing that these false teachers are going to come in and say these things and do these things and how to and and how to challenge that one of the duties of the christian church of the church is to not give false teachers in these things a platform so we take titus first and second timothy and we understand that this is for leaders speaking to leaders okay when we, we get confused at this, we get confused at how we treat and how we go about believers. We bring up Matthew 18, which is very applicable. If a brother sins against you, okay, a brother and a teacher and or leader is on a completely different playing field than a brother that sins against you. James 3 run. 3-1. It's kind of like 3-1. But it's James 3-1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. We have a duty to uphold and defend this faith that has been passed down to us. Okay, These instructions for these leaders and pastors is completely different than it would be for you as a brother. We have a bigger responsibility. It's like law enforcement's responsibility over civilians. They have a much larger responsibility and duty than your average civilian does. 
that's the exact same thing that we're dealing with here. You have a complete different duty and a complete different set of rules. Yes, we love and respect and we remain Christ-like. Okay? But we have a completely different way of handling it. Whereas in Matthew 18, we go to a brother and there's a process of how this brother sins against us versus some teacher that has a platform and is just spewing heresy out of their mouth. Okay, we as leaders and teachers know the word of truth and we defend it. However, by, and by whatever means, we're not supposed to, in these instructions of not to be quarrelsome and not to argue about words, amen, we are not. We as leaders are not meant to quarrel about these things. But again, that does not apply to people that are heretics and that are false teachers. How can we have Paul saying one thing about being like this and then call and then literally in in Titus telling him that the people of Crete are lazy lying gluttons? How does that make sense? How does that make sense if we're supposed to treat people and act like this way? And then Paul's going and saying these things. And then he's going and telling people that he wished that he would cut off their private parts because of the, ta of the teachings that they've infected them with. So does that mean God's word contradicts itself? Absolutely. Is that, is that what you're saying? How does that, how do you reconcile that? That's why people don't, people might not have all the tools to understand these things. To rightly divide the word of truth and understand that you do not need to be nice to false teachers. They must be stopped. Well, because And it's they must be called out. It's, yeah, because it's understanding what's nice. Nice is, we, well, let's just pray for the people that are being deceived. Just pray for Absolutely whatever. Absolutely not. Okay, you don't go up and like slash their car tires no. and like start punching them in the face. But right? this is where but standing but, up in truth <clears throat> isn't being mean. But this is where I'm not talking to the belief. I'm not talking to people. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you, Joe Blow over here that believes this and's caught up in this. Yeah, I'm saying, hey, look, you that's caught up in this. This guy right here is something that you need to stay away. Get and this is why. Yeah. And if you continue in this direction, you're going to be caught up in, in the nonsense that he's caught up in. Yep. And that's just you and not look liking. look at God's word here and you see it. It's you getting upset at God's word. Mm -hmm. You're not at me. Here, I'll give you the perfect example of this. And this is exactly why that this book is laid out like this. In Matthew chapter 18, with if a brother sins against you. Okay, let's understand Matthew chapter 18 though. In verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge must be may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as, to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so there's a process of a sin of a believer against another believer, right? This is what Jesus is teaching in this, correct? So he's teaching this 
to other believers, his, his general teaching. Let's fast forward here to Matthew 23. And then Jesus flips, flips his lid on the scribes and Pharisees, goes off. You know what the scribes and Pharisees were? They were the leaders that led the people. Jesus is talking to a whole different group here. He's turning away from the people now and is talking to the teachers. What does he do? He calls them hypocrites. He, he blind guides. Children of hell. I mean, these are scathing rebukes of these. I mean, this is strong. This is not kind at all in any way whatsoever. But yet we go back to Matthew 18 and we have a different, and then we have, you know, the parable of the unforgiving servant. You know, so we have Jesus all these things. So is Jesus himself? contradicting himself? Is he saying to treat people one way and then goes and turns around to the Pharisees? I mean, isn't, doesn't that make him kind of narcissistic if, if that's the case? You're going to act one way and treat people one way, but then you're going to go turn around and turn a whole nother group of people completely different. No, that would that that would be heresy go to claim against that. his very nature. And that would get yeah, exactly. So what is he saying? It's a completely different group of people. That's where people misunderstand a lot of what I'm saying and a lot of the truth that I'm trying to communicate is people are getting offended at what God's word says because they don't understand how to divide it themselves but it's right there I'm not talking about the people that need prayer that are lost that I need to be gentle with and I need to not come at 100 and I need to explain things that's why I'm always welcome to anybody if you don't understand it, fine. I'm not talking to you. I'm. It's a warning to the people that are caught up in it or believe that way or act this way or do not produce the spiritual fruit and that are clearly showing that you're not a lover of God. Go to 1 John for that. Like That is like, I mean, th that type of judgment, that's insane. But Paul, go ahead. Paul makes it in Titus. He makes the same judgment. He goes, these people aren't lovers of God. They are not followers of Christ. They don't know him. People go, don't judge me. How could you judge that? Don't ever judge somebody's salvation. He's like, I'm judging it by God's word. I'm not the judge of it. No. But I can certainly but I can certainly. Word. But he's making that judgment as a human, and we're not supposed to make those judgments. So again, does that, is that God's word contradicting itself? Yeah. No, it does not contradict itself. This is why it's important to rightly divide these things. And these are some of the things, again, that unbelievers are the first to go attack. Because Christians are so unlearned, so a, a lot of meaning, well-meaning Christians, unfortunately, and this is why it's so important, is because of the shepherds have failed the sheep, 
are so biblically illiterate that when they actually hear the Bible taught, it blows their minds. And they short circuits and they can't understand it. And they go fiddling through the verses to try to prove you wrong. And then it's and then you try to explain, you're like, look, this is what it says. And then it's like they don't they don't want to hear it. Or they just they 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 come off, well, that's not my opinion. To each his own, agree to disagree, etc. Recently, I told that we are to not not at the expense of tearing people down. Should I ever make a point? Because it should just be uplifting and encouraging, and just pointing at the scripture and not discussing well, the situation. But fortunately, again, I have to account for every single thing that I do and every single thing that I teach. If I come across this and understand and realize that this is wrong, it's on me not to say anything and not to warn people about it. And you have to stand. That's the watchman on the wall, not yeah. not warning the people. I don't care if you don't like it. Just like if somebody's telling you, you're going to get mad at somebody that's ripping you out of the way from an oncoming bus because Excuse they didn't. Me, I was trying to do something because they didn't talk to you nicely. Yeah. No, they, I mean. Yes, a servant of God in the same instruction that we have in First and Second Timothy and Titus makes me and, and instructs me to have a Christ-like attitude in teaching, in dealing with people, in, in all the... Absolutely. And that's the attitude that I am supposed to have. But again, we're talking about a complete different playing field here when we are speaking about leaders and abusers of god's word when are you just supposed to sit here and appease everyone to hell like i'm just going to sit here and say nice things and not discuss any of the real issues people don't understand right people say that we're supposed to be preaching the gospel but they don't understand ever what all the gospel is you know part of the gospel is that jesus christ is returning let me give you another example. He, he pronounces, right? We go from the people that he's talking to in chapter 18. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to 23 and talks to the leaders and pronounces the woes on the scribes and Pharisees. Guess what the next chapter is? 24. That's about his return and his second coming in judgment on all of these things. And then guess what the next chapter after that is? The sheep and goat judgment. Mm -hmm. What do you think that is? I'm sorry that your American Christianity completely fits the perfect picture of a goat. And guess what? These leaders who you're looking up to and you're praising and think that they're going to lead you straight to a place. And I don't know who these people are. I'm not referring to any specific person. So don't ever misquote me or think that I'm referring to anybody specifically. But these people in that attitude and that type of fixation on the things of this world, you fit a goat. Mm -hmm. That's what that fits. And this will not inherit the kingdom. That's what God's word says. That's not what I say. That's not my opinion. We can't have different interpretations on this scripture. That's what God's word says. And that's why you do I know it does not. God's word does not say that these people are American Christians. That's not what it says. No. 
But I'm saying that American Christianity fits, fits that bill. goat yeah. picture perfectly. Perfect. Because a goat, it can look exactly like it. It can sound like it. And it, it can even do good works. It can do lots of them. But it does not matter on the day of judgment. There's sheep and goats. What are you? Think about the fact that you could be wrong that you're not thinking of this correctly if i am to hold myself to the same judgment and think that i could be wrong and i'm not thinking about this correctly the opposition to this would be more involved in the cares and the affairs of this world rather than looking towards christ so you tell me what's right and what's wrong in that i don't know who the goats are, and I make zero assumptions whatsoever. But there is an extreme amount of caution in the way that I talk about these leaders and the reason why I speak of boldness and why I speak harshly on them. Again, I'm so tired of giving specific biblical references on every single podcast I do and nobody and everybody replying with their opinion as opposed to what biblical truth was. God spoke this way to people in, I mean, Hosea, Ezekiel. These are, these are just harsh, harsh pills to swallow. And perhaps because you've been taught an incorrect version of Christianity, you've got this, well, we should just treat everybody with love and kindness attitude. And while that's true, we treat people in our mission field like this. We do not treat people who abuse God's word like that. I wish that you would get as offended over the things that these people are trampling on in God's word as you did what was actually being said by me. Really? Yeah, I wish you were that upset about how God's word is trampled like you are upset over how Brandon's not going to just worship and submit all to patriotism. I, I really I wish, wish it, it honestly was the same response. Wouldn't that be a man? Uh, imagine the world we'd live in. You. I'm not right about everything I never claimed to be. No. But the things that I'm getting charged for are the things that is just. Really? That's just ridiculous blindness biblical illiteracy you tell me that you know the bible no you don't know the bible if you knew the bible you would understand what i was saying you'd be like "Ooh, yeah he's probably a little harsh but i get what he's saying i'm not saying that you have to agree with every single detail I'm, that i'm speaking Absolutely about here not. but still on our position of man in the in the place of of people that abuse God's word never was that dealt with kindly or, or something with or not something that was done immediately like they you, you don't allow that yeah well just be nice it's not I mean just and the, the same way. people say that that type of attitude won't work for our country yeah yet I'm supposed to have that attitude with God's word who you're trampling on okay okay um, I will, I, I've said it time and time and again, I will not stop speaking about this. I will not stop calling this out. 
if it gets redundant in your time, then don't listen. I, I make zero money off of this podcast. I don't care. I feel that God is leading me into, I have been passionate about this since I started. And it's been something that I have prayed for God to take away, and yet he never has. It has kept coming back up and coming back up to the point where I get annoyed with it. Like, please, I don't want to do this anymore. Why does this still become an issue? Yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore, but there's something here. There's some reason why I keep going back to this. And it's not just my, I, I would not do this podcast. I would not do this, anything, this, if this was my choice. But there, there's something here that somebody needs to hear that somebody, and I got the most sweet, perfect message from somebody today that I didn't even tell you about, Heidi, oh. that completely changed my I was like, you did get a sweet email this morning, well, but that was on a different topic. Yeah, it was on a well, this was the same person actually. Oh. But um she asked specifically if there was anything that she could pray for us on. Oh. And I kind of so explained sweet. to her, you know, a couple things. Um that she definitely um but she says I'd that say she's the sweetest, but a certain person in maybe the New York area would make fun yeah, of us. Yeah, so probably. I'm not going to say she's the sweetest. Yeah, that or Northern California, one of the two. No, 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 but somebody made fun of us for calling everybody the, the sweetest. sweetest. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, oh, she mm -hmm. did do that yesterday. Okay, so I right. won't call this person who sent you the message the sweetest person ever because I don't want to get made fun of. <clears throat> um, She just said... Everybody that has come across, God has, God made that link, and seeds were planted and moving through each person that came in contact with, whether you see it or not. So, remembering mm -hmm. that a seed was planted, regardless yeah. of whether it was, it still it was something enough to stir somebody up in yeah. there. Yeah. So it's that was true. my job was done, and that's exactly. fine. If it whatever it was, if it was to stir your life up for a period of time, and just make you angry at me, well then I guess that's what God had in mind. But hopefully it comes back around because I never meant to have it be to the point where it's creating any kind of of division and people are getting offended because of it. It's you know. It's ridiculous, but it's divisive in itself. Yeah. And you need to understand how to rightly divide God's word. It's weird. Why would he say that, let there be no divisions among you, brothers, and then tell somebody that they need how to learn how to rightly divide yeah. God's word it's the, in, the, in, the same, in the same breath? You have to understand... This is one thing that Travis started on his very first Jehovah Witness thing. The very first thing that he says, uh, most people do not know the Bible. Yeah. Plain and simple. They claim it. They act like it. They don't live it and they don't. It, it's not. Well, and that's what's so heartbreaking when people send in these things because nobody cites scripture, number one. No, number it's a two. Opinion. You look at stuff and you're like then how do you reconcile that with this, with this, with this, with this? And then nobody ever answers you on that. They're like, oh, okay, great scripture, scripture references. It's like, no, I'm. how are you reconciling these things? Because either these scriptures need to be done away with because they don't hold weight, which absolutely not, 
or God's word contradicts itself, or there's a bunch of people playing church, but not truly knowing and understanding God's word and living it out and applying it literally to the world around us. That, I think, might make some sense. You know, God, Jesus knew, and that's why that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. He knew that there was going to be additional things needed for the body and for the building of the church and for the kingdom work here. So that's why he he gave all of this to Paul. And that's why we have this information. And Paul himself understood and knew that these things, these false teachers were going to creep in from among the brothers to completely try to destroy the faith. And it's a demonic presence that's in the church that people are literally fooled and they don't, they don't take note. They think, we think that this is the obvious. Yeah. We think this is the Bethel, the hills, all the people. Yeah. They're the easy ones to spot from a mile away. Or the cults, like the, you know, the, the different cults that, that claim Christ, but aren't. Clearly they're wackadoos. You know, got it. Got it. That must apply to them. But they never really take into consideration that even Satan himself disguises as an angel of light. What do you think that means? You know, I'm going to tell you right now what that means. It means it looks like you. It looks exactly like you. It sounds like you. You cannot tell. Yeah. It's deceiving. Because if it was easy to tell, it wouldn't be deceptive. It's deceiving if you don't know God's word. That's the only deception that it is. But it's easy. And you can see these people caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I pray that you get out. I pray that you come and and, and you do. But again, but what, you're just supposed to sit here and talk nicely to it and absolutely not, not lull it straight nope. into hell? Like what? Absolutely not. Believe me, there was. That's why it's like, do you people not listen to preachers like Paul Washer? Have you never read a Spurgeon I know, sermon? I know. Have you ever like these Talk guys? About scathing man. A. W. Tozer. Yeah. These guys are. I love every single one of the people that I just listed. But you guys, and think let me Brandon's tell you, you think harsh. that I'm harsh? <laughs> Go listen to yourself some sermons from them. Yeah. So. Y'all want to be mad at Brandon. Gosh, he's like the nice guy over here compared to all that. I want to make sure that I specify that most of my problems are with the leaders, whether that be the leaders in the church or even leaders in our political arena that are claiming brotherhood. That have drug, that have tried to drag the church into politics, and have tried to make this thing a mate. Um, you know, the, the 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 leaders of that. As far as the people, it, yeah, everything about what what the they're teaching and everything. If I say that's dumb, that means their teaching is dumb. That doesn't make that you dumb. That makes means that you're deceived. And I pray that that you realize that and and people have um we've had plenty of people that have come to us it was like listen 
I didn't like what you had to say at first. I didn't like you, but I kept listening and I kept listening and then I finally got it. Then I finally understood that this is coming from the heart and I understood that this wasn't, I was taking this personal mm -hmm. and I wasn't looking through this through a biblical microscope. So I'm not going to beat this one to death again. I'm not going to argue this one again. So this is another one that's going to be comments are going to be shut off. You can send your comments to um, we have Thank a Facebook know. page. We have email them in private. We have um, like nine million ways you can get a hold of us. So many other ways that you can get a hold of us. I don't this again. This stuff getting posted out to everybody on the internet gives an arena for anybody to come on and just spew nonsense. So that's why it's a it's much easier to deal with people that truly want to have engagement or question with things. Um, will actually come to you and and. And pull up their issue rather than, you know, just put it all out there. So, anyway, I guess that's all the I have to say about that dead horse. Hopefully that helps, though. Somebody I do hope it helps. And, and I, I pray that you would actually stop thinking emotionally and th start thinking biblically. Yeah. And stop looking at me like i'm i'm being mean or disrespectful or, or some sort of monster don't don't mistake the passion for boldness or you know i mean or for um for arrogance or for tearing he's, things he's down mean. or whatever else it is so yep it got to that point where we had to get here again so